Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour Football Acker. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. I want to start off the show with a bit of appreciation for Killian O'Connor. Lads, Johnny and Conan are here in studio with me because his stats are off the charts and he is going to, I'm going to have to repeat this, he's going to become the all-time top scorer in senior championship history. Senior championship history, Killian O'Connor, he's 27, which is beyond belief, right? Now, he's been playing at the very top level with Mayo since he came onto the scene, so he's been in loads of uh, matches. He's, still, he's only played 51 championship games. He's going to overtake Gooch. Now, there's a bit of argument about whether it's, he's four points behind or five points behind. There's a good chance he'll beat it this weekend anyways. He's going to beat it over the Super 8s. So, like, I mean, he's going to be the all-time top scorer in senior championship history. It took Gooch 84 games to get to his total. Um, Gooch scored 23 goals and 283 points incredibly O'Connor has 23 points and 278 or 79 depending on which source you believe Mayo um, there's the Mayo uh, the Mayo blog um, anyways there's I think one of the Mayo newspapers has him down one less than another crowd or yeah, whatever Mayo News I think Mayo News good. that's it and uh, so that's it unbelievable Johnny yeah unbelievable and for someone so young I mean you know he's he's um He's just an unbelievable strike striker of the ball. Um, now you'll have you'll have the the cynical people out there arguing, ah, well, there were frees and this, that, and the other. But like, yeah. it still takes a huge. Um, you know, we've seen but him Gooch so was often. A free taker he too. was, he was, he was. Maybe, maybe not as prominent as as um, as Kieran O'Connor. You know, you'd you'd probably. Um, 
Sheehan there as well kicking freeze where he the vast majority Killian O'Connor would take you across know, the whole across field. the field yeah yeah so but a f- phenomenal like the, the records are there there's no argument with it and look at as I say we we say if it's four or five you know by the time his f- playing career is finished you'd imagine that nobody will ever break the record yeah. because he's you know, he's 27 he's he could have five or six years left if he wanted, you know. So he's it's phenomenal, and and uh, you know credit to him, you know, because yeah. it's, it takes, you know, we we look at them and, and see God, he's brilliant, he's brilliant. But the hours and hours of practice he's done on his own, um, it's it's just phenomenal. And in fairness to him, like you, you watch his technique, and obviously he he kicks fifties in that off the, or forty fives in that off the ground, but his kicking technique is exactly the same every time even for you know, play it's similar yeah, to the freeze it is yeah it's just his routine routine so he's he's obviously meticulous in his preparation and uh, he deserves great credit he really yeah. does and I, like I do take your point about the freeze right across the field and some of them can be handy ones because if they're a little bit right of centre he'll take them but it's definitely not easy to be taking him on your wrong side as well, which he does take. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's even something you would take away yeah. from him. He's still sticking them over, which isn't easy. Another criticism of him is that always oh, in a weak Connacht Championship. You know, he got 4-4 against London or someone like that. But like, I mean, which province isn't feckin' weak outside of potentially Ulster with defensive systems? Gooch was uh, having easy matches against Waterford, Tipperary, Hammering Clare. The Bernard Brogans and this of this world are running up feckin' 520 against the Offalys yeah. and Leashes. Like, I mean, that's not a stick, that's not an argument against him a weak Connacht Championship because arguably the Connacht Championship now is one of the strongest. Like, there's no scorer in any sport who's doing it for a decade and reaching the very top of a sport doing it by getting gimmies like for their whole career. Like, he's, reached, he's going to reach the very top this summer, probably this weekend. That's not from playing Saigo, it's from doing it for 50 odd games. Like, you know, and. It's funny, like, a couple of seasons there where he actually was the record top scorer from play as well, so as much as as he's effective from free kicks, like, he's he's always sort of racking them up from play too, and I always say that you never appreciate a free taker fully until you're actually taking a free yourself. True. And then you realise, like, Jesus, like, if I put this over, nobody cares because they're expecting you to put it over, and if I miss, everybody thinks you're a... an asshole, like yeah. you know, there's a, like it's just expecting you to score, and as young, and, you know and, better. Yeah, and, and the other thing, the other thing is like it's it's grand, you know, before training and having the crack and you know kick and freeze and, yeah. and but. The pressure. pressure's on, and there is pressure, and you have to be very strong-minded. Like I know when I took freeze, especially early on, the thing was going through my head is don't miss this, yeah. and that's the last thing you should be thinking, you know. Yeah. And, and getting that belief in yourself that if you miss one, which inevitably, no matter what kicker you are in any sport, you are going to have a day where you're going to miss one you shouldn't, and having the belief in yourself and the confidence in yourself that I'm going to go again here, and I, I have that belief in myself. So, you know, he, he's been phenomenal um, in, in his in his stats. It's it's just um, they're just off. The, off the off the ra- the radar really because and as I say if if he spends you know Mayo whether people like to think it or not and uh, you know said, oh, they're gone now and Mayo are always going to be around they're a big traditional county he's going to be playing at the top level or he's 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 his fair share of injuries up and down but he's going to be playing for the next three or four years you would imagine so what's he going to where are them stats going to finish yeah they're going, it's going to be crazy I've never accuracy was not my forte so I was never a free taker except for when I went to New York one summer I was playing with Tyrone and uh, I had a great game in my first game but it was on the freeze and I kicked one Jesus it was almost Desi Dolan-esque like it was a terrible wide and it was back in the time of the weekend sanctions so, poor Desi uh, but I, I was nervous just taking this free because yeah. I wasn't used to them and uh, it went wide on the right and it was the time of the weekend sanctions so Dermot McCabe from Cavan was on out on a weekend sanction I was out for the whole summer and we got fouled again 
and I was lining up for the next free and I got pushed and Dear McKay pulls the ball off me and sticks it over the bar. <laughs> I never felt treated like such a piece of shit in yeah. all my life. Like I was going through a, a routine I just made up, you know. <laughs> now in yeah. a way I was almost relieved he'd whipped it off me yeah. and, he, and he just whipped it over off his left note without even doing a routine don't, or anything. I was don't, like, don't send a, a boy on a man's it. job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt like. But I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. it. Like no, no sympathy for a miss and no congratulations for a score. Yeah, you just, just expected just to put it over. You pushed me and took the ball off me. Like, you're my teammate. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the opposition here. Anyways, Eamon Fitzmaurice has been clearing up some of the comments he made about head injuries. And he was on the Irish Examiner um, podcast. And he said, but I think with a head injury rule where it came from originally, how do you stop the clock? You fake an injury, any injury. You could have a sore big toe and the game had to be stopped for it. That was kind of it back when I was playing. You'd just go down injured. And the player would be called back at some stage and you get treatment. And we all did that, Johnny. Go down. If they get a goal at a point, down, go yeah. down, slow it down. That's going on for donkey's years. But he says the next progression then was that only a head injury can stop the game. So teams exploit that now. Of course, the head injury rule is very important and is there to protect players if there is a collision. But when a team is ahead and every two minutes a different player is getting a head injury but never leaving the field. That's a different thing. And we mentioned that on Monday and I clearly saw uh, Steph, Stephen, Stephen Farker shout when Brendan Donaghy went down and it was just, it was nowhere near his head. He's, he started pointing at his head to the referee. So they're all on top of this now and I've missed, I've missed this. This is all news to me, which, um, which is a good one. But McGinney mentioned after the game about the 10 or 12 head injuries. So they're all on top of this. They all know how to waste time. They, only, they know the only way to do it. So Fitzmaurice has come up with a suggestion and it makes perfect sense. It seems to be logical. Um, he said, I would say if you get a head injury and you need to be assessed, you're assessed off the pitch. And the game goes on and you can only go back on when the game stops. Straight away that cuts it out because you're not going to leave your team short. Case closed. No more of this. Um, and that's it. Eamon Fitzmaurice, I can't think of an argument against it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard to bar. I suppose, you know, you you have to be you have to think of the worst scenario. I suppose, and it's all very fine until something happens. But it, then someone, you know, gets a bad neck injury. What's the first thing you said? Don't move him. You know, but it yeah. does it does make sense that you know, and I think referees and fairness to them, you know, probably getting it from Crow Park. If, there's a, if there is a head injury, you have to be very very careful. And um, but there's probably a little bit of common sense used as well. If a lad is sitting up and he's he's holding his head, well then probably it's okay to. Or if yeah. a lad is lying down, he can't move. And you, See, you, it is you, a difficult say, one for referees because they're not doctors, no, and if they make not. the wrong call, you know they have to maybe err on the on on being a little bit conservative and and have the players' welfare, you know, in Absolutely. mind. Absolutely, because it only takes one incident of a referee tell a player to get off the field when he shouldn't, and next thing there's uproar. So yeah. it's it's it is a, it's a it's a difficult one, um, and probably does need a little bit of um, direction from bring Cobarton. in the stretcher like in the World <laughs> Cup and the little. Uh, <laughs> Stomp them off. That's something that would attract their lawnmower coming in. <laughs> the big cats that, up. Would, that would be GA style, a tractor lawnmower and a, and a trailer. And a tra- <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, listen, we'll move on from that because Tyrone players have got themselves in a spot of hot bother for singing a rebel song on the bus on the way home from the cabin match. So they stopped in Ognacloy. Ognacloy. In Tyrone. And it was the Liz Genny flute band, his aptly named flute band. But like, I mean, they were marching on the street on the, as is their tradition. And the uh, Tyrone players started singing Come Out You Black and Tans. Now, initially, I was thinking this is a load of nonsense. You have Arlene Foster weighing in on it. 
to telling the GA to deal with the matter in a sensible way. You had Mickey Hart saying to anyone who has been offended, we love that apology. <laughs> Not really apologising, but if you're offended, I'm apologising to anyone who has been offended for the unacceptable behaviour of some of the panel on Saturday evening. The matter is being dealt with in-house and we won't make any further comment. Now, I'm sure Mickey would have been on that bus. So like he could have maybe stopped it on the bus or whatever. So like, I mean, I hold my hands up if Mickey wasn't on the bus. We don't know. You'd imagine the manager was. But anyways... Initially, I was looking at this saying, what a load of nonsense if a team can't sing a rebel song. And oh, that was mischievous. Somebody started that off while the band was playing outside the bus. And it's like messing in school. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to do it, but Mm. you do it. Then I read Declan Bogue's piece in The Examiner yesterday and I kind of changed his, uh, changed my mind a little bit. And I'm more on the line that it was stupid now. Um, maybe if you think you're just doing it in the privacy of a bus, it's not really stupid. It's stupid that it got out there um, and... I'm sure that none of the Tyrone players on the bus singing the song thought that some Muppet on the bus was videoing it and then was going to send it on a WhatsApp group. So it would have been stupid if they thought this was going to get out. But I don't want to call them stupid when it was just supposed to be maybe a joke on the privacy of the bus. But he did make a few good points um, and he was talking about the GA being seen as sectarian up the north and this doesn't help that. Um, they're supposed to have a shared space up there, you know, Protestants and Catholics, and that doesn't help that. And my kind of attitude of this is a, this is a load of nonsense when I've never lived up there, never had to share space with people or marching bands and all that kind of thing. And now I'm thinking, yeah, it's not an ideal thing to be doing. I, I actually think if it was a leash bus coming through it wouldn't really be much of a problem but you know Tyrone players in their own county living with these people should should probably be a little bit more political is that fair enough yeah. they, then again they didn't know it was going to get out it was a private thing you yeah. know what I mean so I don't know what to think it, and it definitely seemed like um, not to excuse it anyway but it seemed like a minority like you said I was skilled children it was like you know people giggling up the back and someone yeah. daring to sing it a little bit but not everybody was, was getting involved when I first heard it I thought they were all chanting and like you know I don't, I don't think I'm sure that the parade couldn't have heard them like they were in the bus and a few of them were just sort of daring to do it but yeah, it's it's a, I think it's very stupid because they're Tyrone GA, they're one of the biggest sports teams in Ireland, so they're in a position of responsibility, they're role models. Yeah. And I think Declan in his piece said about them going back to work and working with Protestants or people who might be part of they the... They would be embarrassed, but I think they'd be embarrassed because that wasn't meant to get out. That was a private thing. Yeah. Like the, but the who, like anyone that's on a bus, you know, is part of, a, of yeah. the setup, And that'd be the biggest disappointment from, I'm sure, from, from within the group is that like alright you know yourself you're on a bus and you'd be out banter going on yeah. and you know you'd maybe see some lad out the window and you'd be have a laugh or whatever the case yeah, yeah. would be but you'd mean nothing of it it's just no. a bit of crack at the time but it's all bravado uh, stuff yeah, yeah but I, I do get the point uh, as well that you know there is whether we like it or not and it's different it's different even from club players. When you're playing with an inter-county, you have responsibility both on and off the field to, yeah. with your kind of... Because people judge you, they judge where you're from, they judge the people around you on your actions. And and whether that's right or wrong, that is that is the way it is. And yes, I, I don't think there's a huge amount in it. I'd say it was just a bit of, a bit of banter on the bus. Um, but they do, you do have responsibility um, when you decide that I'm going to play inter-county football because everything you do if it's only a case of you're walking up the street and you're in a bad form and someone asks you for an autograph and you keep going all of a sudden them, all them Kildare lads or all them Leash lads they're all the same their heads are you know because of what your yeah. action is so th- there is a bit of responsibility in them um, and, uh, and like I think it it'll just blow over to be honest I know it has blown over like it's in the area of social media and everything but you're not expecting someone on your own no, fucking bus to be the one putting it on social media it on That's Snapchat the... as well it wasn't like they sent it to somebody on WhatsApp they put it on Snapchat do for whoever who, 
No, who put it on it? No, the video I saw was someone recording it off Snapchat. You know, I think that's the one that's doing the rounds. Right. And, Right. Um, someone held the phone to your phone while it was being played, you know, and recorded right. it that way. But okay. Well, it's yeah. it, look, it's it's done now, and that's it. And like, I mean, uh, maybe we've all learned a little bit of a lesson. <laughs> Thanks to Declan <laughs> Bogue. The next <laughs> I was about to go mad about this, and uh, Declan Bogue, pretty much from reading that, has pulled me, my reins back completely on going like, "This is a lot of nonsense. If you can't sing a rebel song, boys will be boys." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Cork fans aren't happy about this weekend. Um, but it's hard to know what the solution to this is because Cork are obviously playing Dublin on Saturday night then they're playing Kilkenny on Sunday um, so Cork fans are up in arms about having to go to Croke Park and pay is it 40 euros on Sunday for the double header and then 25 on Saturday night they want a double header of course they want a double header but what does, what does that do to Tipperary Leash game it has Tipperary Leash playing either not in Croke Park or in a half empty Croke Park and that's not fair on Tipperary and Leash either so the, the hurling is a double header which is fair enough um, and the football is a standalone. so Kilkenny, both Kilkenny and Cork fans are going to shout on Leash in the second game which is fantastic for Leash as a weaker county they'll have three sets of fans shouting for them so what's the solution here is it to mess over Leash and Tipperary just for Cork's benefit or I can't see what kind of swap can kind of work this weekend to keep everybody happy because there's always somebody giving out it's the GEA yeah. you, can't, you can't keep everybody happy Like then this is the thing we have every year with football and hurling there's two different sports being run by the one organisation you can't keep them happy and like, where do you, where do you take that then? Like, if Cork are playing in the league and the hurlers are playing the Saturday and the footballers are playing the Sunday, do we start saying that we want both of them games close to each other so we can go to both as well? Yeah, it's impossible for like as much like stick there, as we give the GA. It's impossible for them to do. There's this. been examples of leash footballers playing in a Moor Park, leash hurlers playing in O'Connor Park, and not enough time being given yeah. for the fans to leave one to go to another. Cork have a chance to go to both. And they're given like there's been worse examples of fixture <laughs> yeah. scheduling than this. Like I mean, yeah. like it's jo- John Horan's comments of saying, "Well, Cork don't have dual fans, anyways." That's what's inflamed it a little yeah, bit, I which was so. a stupid thing it for was. him to say. Like if they came out and said, "Look, we just this is all right, ideally we'd like to play both on the one day, but here's a reason for doing it." You know, and it's the lesser of all evils. People say, "Well, that's fair enough. Let's move on." Yeah. But I think the comments from John, it, like, do you know, that's it's been I think a bit disingenuous. There are lots of really good. Um, Cork or or Leash or whoever that love hurling and football and love yeah. them as equal and to, 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 they do but you now know. you'd have to say they follow their they follow their hurlers but they don't follow their footballers and well, stop fo- pretending f- that you follow your footballers because you don't no but they know? follow the hurlers because the hurlers are successful if the hurlers uh, traditionally were, if, the, traditionally that's their team but if the hurlers were going bad and the footballers were going well you'd see it you'd see it reversed I would think anyway because people are that's they're fickle you know like people talk about even in Calera oh, where's all the sports gone sports gone because the county's not doing as well as it did. You know, we yeah. were playing in all our semi-finals or quarter-finals. You know, there was such a scramble for tickets. So supporters are fickle. All right, maybe traditionally, yes, they might have a stronger hurling following than the football. But the hurlers are, are competitive. They're really where the footballers are after having a few lean years. Like they're great. It's it's great. They're back in the Super Eight. And if they, and if they go on to an all semi semi-final, you all of a sudden then that swell of support will 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 rise again. I I think it is. It's it's a problem. No matter what you do, it's there's going to be trouble. But I I just think maybe. John Horn's warden could have been a little bit uh, a little could bit have better. been could yeah. have been but like I mean like they don't come and support the footballers we've seen that anyway so like I mean I don't think this is a big this is as big a deal the one thing John Horn did say which really got on my goat is there will always this is what he says there will always be an appetite to have a game on a Saturday night now think of that he knows that Saturday night is the prime spot that's what people want and teams want there will always be an appetite to have a game on a Saturday night and a Dublin game is generally on a Saturday night <laughs> 
Like he's actually unashamedly again. So what can you do? This is parish pump politics. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's basically Jackie Healy Ray as a GEA president. <laughs> like Kerry'd be playing in, in Killarney every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is wrong. How many examples are we going to have of John Horan just being a true blue dub, pandering to Dublin fans? I've said this to his face when I was on Off the Ball. I said, this is ridiculous. I said, all you care about is, is keeping Dublin fans happy. It's wrong. So he's admitting that the prime time slot is Saturday night and that's Dublin's we obviously can't move that <laughs> yeah. oh lads you couldn't make this up there's just so many examples of it it's outrageous uh, but we uh, have to move on yeah no, I know Dublin draw the big crowd and stuff but it's like you know, usually a Saturday suits a team who has to travel you know, down the country and then they can get back in good time and you're back on a Sunday then or whatever but like Dublin are playing at home most of the time so yeah. it's strange that they have to be locked into a Saturday yeah, gen- but the Dublin uh, 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 well, I'm going to read it again there will always be an appetite to have a game on a Saturday night and a Dublin game is generally on a Saturday night Dumb. no more debate about this that's the Dublin get the best spot and like I mean we all know that and we'll just <laughs> okay Kieran Dealey lads so we didn't get a chance to mention Kieran Dealey who who's been moved on from his position in the uh, as London manager, which I find incredible considering the very good job he's done. Um, he got within four points of Galway. Let's think about this. Now, this is London, whose team changes yearly, whose panel changes yearly. He's developed London players. He's made it his priority um, to have a London captain, to, to bring in more London players and have a proper base. He's had Harry Redknapp talking to the team. He's brought in professional backroom team from soccer backgrounds into the London setup, right? This is all being done for free as a labour of love from Kieran Dealey. And then you have him no meeting, no end of season review, as there usually would be. The executive met together and decided not to bring him back in, right? He got a phone call from the secretary out of the blue. No contact since then by the chairman or any member of the executive. Isn't that outrageous, lads? Uh, it's outrageous it's it's bordering on disgraceful regardless of whether they decided he's been there long enough to treat anybody that's put in so much effort uh, like that is is nothing short of disgraceful to me Um, you know we see we see what he's done we've seen the profession and like it's not a he's not just a flyby manager that's going to come in you know quick a quick sort of a uphill graft and then gone and no debate. he's looking to develop long term he's brought in a very professional and you only have to look at him and listen to him on different interviews he did he sees the long term progression to try to to bring London from let's be honest nowhere to, to competing um, you know whether it be bringing him up the leagues or whatever and and a sustainable um, future for long term development London and uh, they ring him and tell him thanks, good luck, good luck. Like that's, I think I I'd feel very very uh, sorry for him, and I'm sure he, there's lots of things going on in his head. But uh, you know, from I'd say he's he's disappointed, he's hurt. I'd say he's angry at that because, and I'm, you know, a lot of the I'm sure a lot of the players wouldn't be wouldn't be happy with it either. It just it just looks like you know what from the outside looking, you're getting a bit big for your boots. Good luck. I think so. Well, he was complaining. He tweeted out pictures of where they train and they train on soccer pitches and all sorts. So unless the county board got the little bit of a hump out of that I don't know I would think if you're a county board and you have a manager who's bringing in a professional backroom team on his own through his own contacts I would be saying that job's for you and the results are good I would be saying listen that that job is yours for as long as you want it you're making our life very very easy you're doing a lot of the, the donkey work that we'd be doing it's certainly not 
getting rid of a man without even the decency of a phone call from the chairman or an end of season review or an explanation, you know, as to why you're being let go. Anyways, listen, when when it comes to county boards, nothing surprises you. And apparently London County Board leaves a lot to be desired. You know, I suppose you, you have to wonder what kind of level of professionalism they have over there. And yeah, and, and you wonder where they're going to go from here. Like, you know, who you are they going to get? Yeah. yeah, but if you're going to get someone, you want to bring in someone that's going to build and it's going to bring something different and, 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 and improve the work that's already been gone, that's already been done. Where are they going to go from there? Like? Yeah, I don't know where they are. They're not jumping out of the uh, jumping out at you over there. Have to give the leash under twenty one and under twenties a shout out here, lads. I turned the I turned the hurling show into a leash podcast on Monday. I will not do that with the football show today. But they hammered Mead on Tuesday night. Um, they haven't been in a, in a final since two thousand and nine, and they play Dublin now on Friday week in the Leinster final. So, like, I mean, that's a huge result. Um, they had Mark Barry and Sean O'Flynn who were in with the Leash seniors and weren't allowed to play and now that Leash were out they got th- those two lads back and they're two top class players they have Matthew Byron in goals you'll know that name very very well it's uh, Fergal's son who I remember Jesus, it makes you feel very old <laughs> when, you, when you have him uh, playing like I remember him when he was three and four just coming yeah. around with us um, like Joe Higgins' sons are playing with Joe St. Joseph's <laughs> how old are we here lads or me and you Johnny anyways um, they have a full forward Dan McCormick lads you'll have to keep your eye out for he's about 6 foot 7 a monster of a man so like they have a big strong physical team um, Billy, o'l- Billy O'Loughlin is their manager and so far they've beaten Kildare who are all Ireland champions away they beat Westmead away and they beat Mead at home so like Mead obviously very good underage now I think Conlon and a couple of their better players are in with Mead senior so the under 20 is a weird grade you, you don't have your full team do you know you might be hoping your your senior team is knocked out before that is knocked out so you get the likes of Mark Barry and Sean O'Flynn back for Leash which which is a strange one but anyways uh, that Leinster final against Dublin Leash will be underdogs I'm sure he's in O'Connor Park at half seven on Friday week last story of the day um, is Sean Kavanagh Sean Cavan has been very opinionated recently and he has a, a bit of a bee in his bonnet about Kerry. And I have no problem with all of this because it's a bit of drama and, it's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with somebody giving a strong opinion. He says, uh, he's talking about the headline here. It was in, I can't remember where it was. I think it could have been in The Independent. And he was talking about Paddy O'Shea calling the Kerry fans animals. And Sean Kavanagh completely agrees with him. Now, I've seen Kerry fans and I've seen Tyrone fans. And I, I, I <laughs> if the Kerry fans are animals, I'm not sure what you would describe Tyrone fans that are some Tyrone, an element of Tyrone fans. But anyways, he was talking about the game in 2012 where Kerry finally beat um, Tyrone. It was in the qualifiers down at Clarny. Now, uh, my opinion is Kerry over-celebrated that like Jesus did beating you in three All-Irelands or two All-Irelands and a semi-final. I can see where it's coming from but still you're Kerry and you should be bigger than that to be... It was only a qualifier game. Anyways, he said it was a strange day in 2012 their fans were riled on the terraces. They beat us well. They beat us out the gate and I thought Jesus, these guys are absolute dogs. Sean Kavanagh who's played in Tyrone club football but anyways we'll continue on and then I remember as we're leaving the, the changing room walking out to the team bus where hundreds of Kerry supporters all clapping us either side of us as we were walking through now I remember this going on that Kerry actually applauded Tyrone out of Killarney and that Kerry fans whatever you say about them they're respectful and I don't think there's any they're, they're genuine GA people and I have no doubt they were clapping Tyrone out as great all Ireland champions and look we beat you but here's out in a respectful way here's Kavanagh's take on it Uh, they were back slapping us ah you are great lads and all this to me it seemed a wee bit (laughs) patronising 
like, I mean, it's no matter where, where these top level players' heads are at, they'll turn a nice gesture into when we play them again. Yeah, yeah, they won't yeah. clap us out of the stadium <laughs> again. Like, isn't that a strange one that they call them kind of animals that grew a party for a really nice thing? Yeah, suck motivation out of anywhere. It's funny, like, it reminded me of, you know, when you get beat by a club team and then the manager comes in and says, Oh, you're a good wee club, you're doing a lot of good work up yeah, there. Yeah. You see the lovely new pitch you have, you know, and it's really annoying, but. This is Tyrone, all Ireland champions who are actually at the top level. And have beaten them. Yeah, so there's no reason to really patronise them. No. Maybe Kerry actually did respect them. It took, took them so long to beat them. Well, if they didn't respect them in 03, <laughs> and they might not have respected them in 05, they'll they again to respect them by the time 08 came yeah. around. And, and I, I remember the, the one part at the end of that game, and there was a great picture uh, in the paper at the time of Paul Galvin and Mickey Hart sort of embracing, and you could sense the the respect that was there from that now listen we don't know you know there's different claps on the back you can get maybe the tone Tyrone but I would be I wouldn't have thought that of, of the Kerry fans and I think you know even when Paddy talked about animals I think it's a case of you know there's no room for grace you go in you get the job done and, and we knew you what know, Paddy meant like, there yeah. yeah so like you know like calling them you know they're, they're like dogs <sighs> Do you know, it's, I think it's it, it is a bit yeah. much. Um, well, keep it coming, Sean. It's given us yeah. plenty. It's given us plenty to talk about. Right, listen, we'll be back with some Mayo Kerry analysis. Dear, great to finally get the interview. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it great? Why do you not do many interviews? I don't know, really. I wasn't being asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? I, mean, I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the Woolly Parkinson and and just play for myself and an in, in intercounty corner forward isn't just hatching inside either. He's, no, you know, no. He's, uh, unfortunately for you, Woolly, it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask your, you know that yourself, Woolly. Yeah. Um, Mine never started at yeah, all. Well, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. So Mayo are the only side to beat Kerry this year and they haven't just done it once, they've done it twice. So Kerry have gone unbeaten throughout the year except for Mayo beating them down in Tralee in the league and then in Croke Park in the league final. And there's loads of spices to this, lads. There's James Horan saying they should have won the league final by 10 to 12 points. Eamon Fitzmaurice has bitten back at that and he's cranked it up a notch. I'll see your 10 to 12 points and I'll talk about your gamesmanship and, and uh, cynicism. And then, you know, he's talking, he's talking about that. So there, there, there's, no, there's no shortage of motivating factors. More maybe for Kerry, I would say, than Mayo, uh, potentially. But like obviously Mayo can twist the Fitzmaurice stuff into whatever way they want to, to, to do that. Yeah, and it's it's one I'm really looking forward to as well because you know it's down in Fisher Stadium. It's sort of you're thinking of like it's a bit like the Limerick game down or the game down in Limerick and what a, what a battle that was. Um, yeah, you're always going to get that this time of the year. I suppose the the Kerry side of things is you know they get the, the the bouquets are coming at their forwards and and the, the daggers are coming for their defence and we've heard a lot about how how weak they are defensively, um, and I'm sure Mayo will look to exploit that as well. Um, but it's handbags handbags at dawn between you know everyone's looking for the little edge and I suppose you know the fact that Eamon Fitz now is is away from the the Kerry scene he's he, he's has the the platform to to throw in whatever he wants to throw in at them now. And he he stepped away from it, but it's uh, it, to me it has the ingredients of, of being a, another a brilliant game, and and it's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, 
I, I think you're going to see a, a little bit of a meaner Kerry side. I don't think this criticism that's that's coming at them from a point point of view of that they're, they're defensively weak and you know maybe David Moore is not the the colossus he was around the middle and all this sort of thing. I think you know we talk about the the Kerry animals. I think the Kerry players you know won't won't ex- won't accept that. Oh more yeah, because the, the analysis because they're, was, they're very proud. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the analysis was they were bullied in the league final, and that analysis is correct. And they they seem and they to won't be, like that because they won't the one. Like that. The one thing you, you do, and, and the few times I played against Kerry, is they won't be bullied, you know. And you know, maybe a lot of a lot of the, the you know the Minehans and the and the O'Shea's these boys were wouldn't be bullied. But um, that's not something that sits well in Kerry. And do you know, we went down. I went down to Mikko's 80th down in down in Kerry, you know. And and we we played um, just to give you an idea of the the competitiveness that there. We played a an All Ireland uh, selection against a, a Kerry selection. And, I was playing full forward on Barry O'Shea and the first ball came out and of course I turned and put it over the bar. The second ball got a little handy offload from, from I'm, I'm not sure and tapped it over the bar and the next next thing I can remember was pulling myself off the ground. Mine was after stepping into me as if to say none of that around here and he absolutely cleaned me and I had to try pulling myself off the ground and say that didn't hurt and he shook every bone in my body. You know, there's no, yeah. no, no uh, one coming Mine Mine was, was the but, greatest but, really. But, but that sort of gave me the mentality of, of Kerry, you know. This, yeah. was, this was a Mickey Mouse like in, on, a, on a Saturday or a, f- a Saturday, a Friday evening down in Kerry. Yeah. Do you know, so... That's they don't make them sit. like Minahan on that Kerry team anymore. No. Though, do they? Morley was the only one you could say maybe he was in that type of mould, you know, warrior mould. They don't seem to be making those yeah, warriors. But do they're, they? they're 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 a, they're a really proud uh, footballing county, and, and and that sort of stuff being thrown at them, it wouldn't sit well yeah, with them. Yeah, now I don't want to sell Seamus Minahan short and just calling him a warrior. He's yeah. a warrior plus, an oh, absolutely, absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible player as well. So Kerry, you have to fix the defence. Everybody knows that. How did they do that? Number one, they don't play Jack Sherwood as the sweeper because he didn't seem to know how to do it. So if you want to play Jack Sherwood, I'm not sure where you're going to play him because number six dropping back covering the house against Cork was absolutely ineffective. They need to find somebody who can do that. Who is it? Who's the who's the man to do that? Is it Thomas Sullivan? Maybe they might have the brain to cover over and back and maybe affect the game going forward. Like, I mean, there's a couple of different things they can do. Like, I mean, one of your halfbacks stay in position, right? So that's what they tried to do with Sherwood. Only Sherwood wasn't very good at that. I wouldn't abandon that idea because Mayo half forward line, can you can let one of them off and then have somebody drop onto them. You know, you'll have Dermot O'Connor maybe on the half-forward line. He can pick up Kevin McLaughlin, say, if he drops into midfield, and you drop, right? And everybody move up a line then. Whoever's marking Chris Barrett in the full-back line then drop out onto Dermot O'Connor's man, whatever like that. But they just need to find a man that's able to play that sweeper role effectively. Not really a sweeper role, but a covering half-back kind of role because they have to fix their defence. The problem is when you use your centre back to cover back in front of the full back line, you're leaving that number six channel open, which is a big problem for theirs. All this, they're breaking straight through the middle, you know, and that's a big problem with Kerry. What's the solution there? Drop David Moran back, back to number six and have someone pick up his man. Do you know what I mean? Moran can drop off Stephen Cohen potentially, who'll be in midfield, who won't cause a huge amount of damage going forward. You don't want to drop off Aidan O'Shea. They're going to have to find a defensive system that when whoever plays six... I'd play Thomas Sullivan there, tell him to drop. When he drops out at the number six position, David Moran drops in there. Then you've got your half forward line dropping back to Moran's man. You have your corner forward dropping onto um, the wing forward. And you're leaving Chris... Basically, at the end of your transition to your defensive system, Chris Barrett's the one that ends up free. Doesn't that make sense? 
Yes, but I think it's very hard to do against Mayo. Like even what you're saying makes perfect sense. Just keep dropping them back a line and pass it, pass them over. But Mayo, they'll play the six forwards, and then I think the half backs will come forward if you drop Jermaine O'Connor back. See. So it's almost like everybody does need to be... Well, whoever's marking Colin Boyle could drop back because Boyle tends to hold off yeah. and, and potentially sweep. Now, he swept against Galway because Shane Walsh was such a threat. Like, the argument might be that Boyle might not sweep against Kerry because they like to mess up Kerry's half-forward line. They, they, I think all the whole of Mayo's half-back line will be told, get forward at yeah. every opportunity, leave that huge gap and Kerry struggled to fill that gap then. You know, there's too much of a... This is the analysis from the league final. There's a huge disconnect then. And Kerry don't like that hand-passing game out of the fence. And let's pin them back in there. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's going to be all this going on. Yeah, there's, it's, it's, there's so many there's so many if spots and ands to, to try to contemplate and get your head around. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the Kerry are going to want that running... A running game obviously going to try to get uh, Sean O'Shea on the ball as much as possible because he, he the r- direct runner at, at 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 goal causes problems and um, getting as much ball into Clifford and and Ganey inside so it's um Kerry you know you can look to you can look to get the the defensive aspect of it right but yet you don't want to take from the attacking which yeah. is a really strong point um to me Paul Murphy couldn't play that role that you're talking about. Um, he's a really intelligent footballer. Yeah, um, swept before against Mayo in Croker. Yeah, it didn't, it it didn't, didn't work. really work. Uh, yeah, but I, I still think he has he has the football and smarts to do it. All right, you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off. Maybe after after one game, I think he still has. He's he's a good ball player. He seems to read the game very well, and and uh, you know he that transition from defence to attack. He, I think he's really good at that. You know, even he's played. Yeah. I know he spent a bit of time in the in the, in the half forward line. Maybe you he, don't need a sweeper because it's well, going maybe to be an out and out sweeper. Yeah, O'Connor you know. and Cohen are going to be in there, and they're mm. not the fastest. So if you can't back your two f- full back lines and offer that kick pass to Mayo, but tell your centre back then. Don't ever leave the centre back position. Hold that channel and avoid. Stop at all costs anyone breaking down that middle. We can't have that, and leave your two on two inside. Yeah, you know. Well, what I think is more important, yeah, is is shutting down Kevin McLaughlin and Jason Doherty, who are going to win ball at around forty five, and that's where Mayo use their attacks. They they, they attack from, but like so, getting those matchups right is probably like absolutely crucial here for Kerry. The only problem is then is like, I'm I'm sort of looking at like they do they just don't have that collective sort of responsibility again. So if they are man for man, that's grand. But if there's danger, are they going to pass it over or say right? I'm working Kevin McLaughlin, but he is no longer important anymore to this attack. So I can come back into that channel and make sure there's no goal yeah, here that's the what they're not least. good at they're not yeah. instinctive defenders and they don't pawn off they don't pawn problems off well, that's and what the, the problem is you're on him mark him that's nonsense that's under 12 stuff yeah. you, you, that's within reason <laughs> there's yeah, a time that, when you don't have to follow him absolutely. and that's when smart players let him off and I'm going to help him out. Like yeah. I mean, we don't see enough of that. For no, you, you do. You need. You need to decide. Okay, my man is no longer no longer a danger. I have to go and 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 find danger. Where's the most danger? And if the ball is popped out, and to 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 Kevin Midlockham for argument's sake, and he puts it over from outside the forty five, he said, "Well, look, very little." Well done. Do and yeah. we, I've still stopped a potential goal. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you, you got to read it. You know, like you're looking for if that ball is coming down the left hand side, you're looking for your half back to tuck in. To, to try um, eliminate that cross field ball and if it does come that a full back and get a hand to it and all of a sudden you have a half back coming mopping up because he decided 
my man is is out the field and I don't need to worry about my, you know I'm, I'm re- reading the game and that's, that's what you're looking and that's what you're expecting from a lot of these players to, to have the football and smarts to be able to read the game yeah yeah, no, exactly. So, th- so th- that's the Kerry defence. So, like, I mean, I think maybe the solution after trashing it out here is to not play a full time sweeper and tell the centre back never leave that centre and not have anyone breaking down that middle because that is a huge criticism of Kerry. The other problem with Kerry against Mayo is the disconnect between their because. Mayo's half forward line is going to attack so half back line is going to attack so much Kerry half forward line is dragged following them now Kerry turned the ball over they look up there's no kick pass on to the full forward line because it's too far away so their solution in the league final was to bring James O'Donoghue and they tried James O'Donoghue Clifford and different ones on the 40 now I saw that happening with Galway the other night and I've kind of changed my mind on this because Shane Walsh had a really difficult job he was being man marked tight by Durkin so when people were when lads were looking up and there was a kick pass on to because Colin Boyle was staying back, right? And so then they looked up and Colin Boyle was covering the side, maybe the ball's coming down. Then they're looking at Walsh trying to run over and back, and that link ball wasn't really even on. So Galway couldn't get that going. So now I'm thinking Kerry should play with a formation of two on the half forward line and just leave Clifford inside. Kerry will be forced to play Boyle in front of Clifford because you're not going to leave Boyle inside. You know, if they're going to play an extra man back, he's going to have to watch Clifford because he's a sensation. So then you might have Stephen, o- Stephen O'Brien and James O'Donoghue, they're the two I would have picked, to be on that 40 and to be constantly moving. And Mayo be doing well to cover them and cover inside as well. Do you know what I mean? Because when you leave three in there, usually the, the formation is to put one out in front and two inside. Yeah. Why not overload the the 45 metre line and just leave Clifford inside you, because you can't leave Clifford in there without someone covering no, him No you, you, you can't you can't leave it in a one on one situation no. in there and, So uh, would that be a better formation for Kerry then? Yeah I, I think I think there's 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 a merit to, to, to changing it the whole time I mean but yeah. I, and I said it on this, this uh, show the last time I was on you need an outlet at very least one outlet on the half forward line because other than that you're, you're gone from an option of kicking to a run game um, and, and as you rightly point out you know with Mayo the last day covered Shane Walsh that, and he was he was killed trying to get get on ball and yeah. you could see it in him he was really trying to get on ball but just every avenue he went to it was it was clogged with a Mayo man and and they, they nullified his 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 threat so I suppose the, the the other thing is is as you rightly point out is to okay let's let's change this let's let's pack our half forward line that we do have options and if we can if we if they can get enough ball onto the half forward line it makes it then. That 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 little pop pass into Clifford because he only pass. Now I'm dropping pa- I'm dropping Paul Geeney, but yeah, this is a harsh. huge it's a huge call. But what can you do? <laughs> Geeney can't play that half forward line. I think this is really important that that link man wasn't working in the league final, and I think you need two link men. And I think Stephen O'Brien, James O'Donoghue are those two players. Where, where are you playing Sean O'Shea in this? Sean, well, he's kind of working from yeah. midfield, kind of back. Like he he goes he goes fairly far back. You know what I mean? He's ne- he's never one of those three. Do you yeah. know? What? I'm talking about how we can split those three. Sean O'Shea is trying to get back up with the play then as well. Do you know what I mean? He has an engine, but he's never one of your top three lads. Do you yeah. know that kind of? Well, the problem with him is that Patrick Durkin did so well on him in the, the league, league final. Did the as league well. Keegan not mark him in the league final? I well, Durkin, Keegan marked him. Durkin took him a, a fair bit of it as well. Like you know, right. I remember a couple of intercepts in the sideline, like sort of loving it in his face and stuff as well, and yeah. just off the back of his success against Shane Walsh. I actually, I was at a stag. I have some friends from Ken Mayer, Sean O'Shea's uh, club, obviously, and. Sean O'Shea went back to Kenmare training after playing Mayo and went, I've never seen it, I've never played against anything like that. Yeah. The in your face, the intensity, the strength, it was a wake up call to him at that at that level that this is the very like this is Mayo who are playing with Dublin. Like Sean O'Shea might have played league games, but he never played in Crow Park and Mayo bring 
what Dublin you know what I mean this was the highest level that he it was a huge wake up call to him the level that he kind of needed to get to and I thought it was a really interesting one yeah and but he, like he's only a boy too he's 19 years of age you know and he's he, we're talking about him as if he's if he's the the one of the star men which he has been like yeah. you know he's 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 been in the in the 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 headlights for for the headlines for the reason um and I think you'll see a different a different Sean O'Shea um at at the weekend I think you know he's he's learning all the time. He's a really smart footballer. He's a really I think he's he's the real deal. I put him in the same bracket. Ari, he's a different type of player than Clifford, but as an important player to carry, I put him in the same bracket as Clifford. I think he's he's uh, so he's learning all the time. And and uh, you know I think you know when you talk about that learning lesson, I think that's probably the best thing that happened to, to that Kerry team. It might be that league final um, against Mayo because you know Mayo in 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 Crow Park they're. They're um they're a seasoned team, you know. They've been there. They've been all right, you know. And and even even when they've they, they, obviously they haven't won, but they've competed so well against th- the, the the Dublin's in that cauldron of Crow Park. Yeah. They know it inside out. For a young lad, that's all right, you know. These, these some of these Kerry players come up. It's a big difference in playing in, in a league final and a minor final. You know, the, the the crowd, the physicality of it all. So, you know, there's there's a learning curve for 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 the Cliffords and the O'Shea's of this world and Dara Mine and them. But I think they'll they'll they've learned and they'll learn very quick yeah what do you think Conan I think I think Kerry need a big game out of Jack Barry I think there's he's in bad very bad form yeah, I'd like, be surprised if he might he might be he might not start this is his third season now you know and I think there comes a time when you know there's a really good player and they're very young and bursting onto the scene very young but the manager earns the right to some stage to come along to him and say you need to get your finger out now and start dominating games for us because you, you can do it and you're not doing it and like the last time they played Mayo, it was him and Jim O'Connor. I think in midfield. David Moran's back. There's no Matthew Ruan. There's no Tom Parsons. No Seamus O'Shea. He needs to go and win this game for them. Like yeah. when he came onto the scene, we were saying they finally have somebody they can test with Fenton, Brian Fenton. You know, like that's See, that's what Jack Barry Fenton, be doing. Like I mean, he man Mark Fenton, and maybe that's his role going on and dogging someone out of it. Is he able to actually influence a game himself? Is he that? Is he good enough to do so that? So dynamic, like isn't he? Yeah, he, he's a more of a direct, powerful runner rather than dynamic. Yeah. You know, like I mean, he's not much of a passer, and I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I have a feeling Spillane could start. Yeah, Adrian Spillane could start for him. They are struggling. They're not all right. Um, and I know David Moore is, is struggling with injuries, but they're struggling to find a partner for him. It seems to be. You know, one of three different players that are coming in there, and um, like Jack Barry is—he's—I've seen him playing with UCD now, and he, you know, on his day, he's—I think he's a fantastic footballer. But again, you're going to the next level, and that's that's the thing. And I—I I think you're right. I think I think Peter Keane will be saying to him, "It's time to uh, you know deliver, or or it's you know you you step aside and let someone else in because he, he does. It's it's a big there's a big game expected of him, um, and if you know David Moore. He, he's a, he's a long time ago and you're looking for you know his experience out around the middle his physicality um, and Jack Barry to be a up and down the field type player to li- that's going to link there and, and get on the end of sco- uh, attacks to, to kick scores and that so there's a bit of pressure on him but sometimes you know when you're when the, the gun is put to your head you do deliver and I'd be expecting him to as you rightly point out to, to, to deliver a big performance in this Super 8 yeah so you, you neither of you are agreeing with me that Paul Gainey now I'm not dropping Paul I'm only dropping Paul Gainey for this game because it doesn't suit him right so he's back on straight away himself and Clifford are in the next game because the next game they'll be playing someone who won't whose half back line won't all go forward so you might 
leave Stephen O'Brien might not need to be chasing he can hold the 40 with James O'Donoghue you know I think you have to have two and a half for and I genuinely think whenever Kerry lose to Mayo it's because Mayo have brought Kerry into a game that May- Kerry can't beat them at and that is a running um, a hand passing game and Mayo pin them in Kerry like to move the ball on through the foot Mayo take that off them and for them to have a kicking game they need two and a half forward line if they want two and a half forward line they need to play two of their full forward line on the half forward line that leaves Clifford inside that leaves no room for Paul Dini. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't think. Come on, it makes sense here, lads. It's a brave call, <laughs> well, but listen, you bra- have to yeah, yeah, you have to put your neck on the block. I, I'm not sure. I'm not as as uh, sure um, about James O'Donoghue out there yeah, either. To be honest with you, yeah, he plays that role though. That's his role. Yeah, but he gets it and does nothing with it. He's popping it off, and like a, Stephen O'Brien's getting it and taking men on or playing it inside. O'Donoghue's yeah. not affecting it. But O'Donoghue, that's his role in that front three is to play out in front of the other two. Yeah, but would you be better having... I know it's harder to get It's the probably because he's the only one of the three that's comfortable... He's the most comfortable of the three doing it, right? But can you so see him winning the ball and then finding Clifford? I don't see him doing that enough recently. I think on his own, it's going to be hard for him. I think with Stephen O'Brien and them making some cross runs and maybe bringing the extra man... No, I actually think the extra man will be in on Clifford in this. I think this is a completely ingenious plan to bring make Boyle go back further... Mark Clifford and then leave the two and a half forward line without the same cover. Would they bring Clifford to the half forward line? Or it might be Higgins actually even sweeping. You don't know. Would they bring Clifford? Yeah, they, did in the, they did in the league inside. final. Yeah. But I think that's madness. Like, I mean, this is Clifford. You're really bringing a Ferrari out where he onto a lane on, onto off an road. old country road yeah, you're, bringing it off you're really road. degrading the half order considering you played a lot there yourself Colin. Yeah, well listen I, could, I couldn't do what Clifford could do inside or I would have been playing inside a lot more I don't know lads it is definitely interesting that I thought we'd focus the analysis on what Kerry do at the back and what Kerry do to bridge the gap so like I mean I think they're the two things people need to look out for at the weekend we've talked loads um, about Mayo we know what they're all about um, we've done enough analysis on them I think uh, Donny Vaughan's going to need to be wor- marked uh, Lee Keegan's going to be need to mark Durkin's going to be need to mark that's where they're going to try and hurt Kerry Aiden O'Shea will be told to go forward a lot more um, they'll try and hurt Kerry uh, that way maybe the kick pass is on maybe the kick pass um, isn't on um, they, they Mayo have a much stronger look about them now there's no yeah. doubt about that Aiden O'Shea seemed to, to hold that uh that midfield a lot more. He didn't get forward as much against Gaul, which was... Well, he had his I, work cut out with Cook. Cook yeah, likes to see, kick a point. It, yeah, see, that's yeah, the thing. He, so he was kind yeah. of chasing around He was him. chasing and he, and he looked under pressure for lots of that game. You know, he even when he got ball, he was just nearly happy to offload it and, and sit in the hall. Maybe his, his tongue was down around his ankles after chasing Peter Cook because he Cook had a, a fantastic game. Fantastic first, first half. half. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he definitely did. So it's hard to know. Let's, we'll get predictions here on this. Carrier, interestingly, are very, very strong favourites on this. Um, they're four to seven. Mayo are fifteen to eight. So you're getting two to one on Paddy Power for Mayo, which is it's a great. Kerry, I think there's a stat haven't lost in Fitzgerald Stadium since '95 or something like that. All these things have to be factored in. I, I'm 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 going to let the two of you go first, Johnny. You I <laughs> well, I, I think them odds are ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous it's, on Mayo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think, but I just look at I just think Kerry. I going to give Kerry the, the nod for this one. Um. I think that the Fitzgerald Stadium is, is definitely going to be uh, even though the Mayo crowd will get it around they it take and, and the, very, they yeah, take the they crowd at home advantage do. off you yeah. I think the, but the, the, familiar, the familiarity of, of it to Kerry I think if, the, if their forwards click I think they might just have a little bit too much but it's it's I wouldn't be given those odds. I think it's very no. evenly evenly matched. But I, I just give the because you're putting me under pressure. I'll give it the nod to, to Kerry. Right. I think it's a fifty fifty game. <laughs> I can't see where they're getting these odds mm. from. 
I, I'm going to go with Mayo actually that probably shows you John, Johnny's <laughs> going Kerry I'm going Mayo so it probably is 50-50 but you can't get a better set of defenders that you could choose than Mayo like, no. you know, perfect for every single player that you'll come up against and I think that always stands to them and it just nullify like we're talking about how you're Kerry going to get free and get the ball into Clifford this is Kerry like we were talking about they're going to beat teams by scoring more than them but yeah. even when they're playing Mayo it's like they're just not going to have the, all that space and see that's the thing and it, it's just sort of cut you off but like I mean obviously for Kerry that gap is not going to be there for set plays for kickouts but you can't see Kerry dominating the kickouts yeah. like I mean Mayo are strong in that department and Mayo are very good around the breaking ball so you know you, you, you can't see Kerry there the, obviously the set plays and kickouts are where Kerry will have their half forward line in place you yeah. know I mean? but you can't see them getting enough domination in that area to be getting no. scores that way and, and then like Killian O'Connor coming back has just, just been the right time for me where he's two points against Armagh were so crucial like, they might have missed a couple of those frees they won by a point in the end and then just like you were talking about it on Monday like the outside little bit free that he won off Kane but I thought that was hilarious because Cone was trying to make a short run and he got held and he was screaming at the umpire and there's a bit of chaos and fighting going on and then O'Connor just stuck it over anyway. Like, you know, there's no need for all this nonsense. Yeah. And that's what he brings to them and I think it'll it'll stand to them. Yeah, I'm going to go sneak... God, lads, I actually this is such a 50-50, I'm going to go for a draw. Like, I find it hard to come down strong on, on either way. I think Kerry will definitely be up for it. But the jury's out on how good Kerry are, if we're, being, if we're being completely honest. The jury's not out on how good Mayo are and Mayo, I think the fans are a big thing. That it could split 50-50 down there with the Mayo travelling support and I'll take that away from Kerry. I do take the Fitzgerald Stadium being a slight advantage but I have Mayo being slightly ahead of Kerry in the progression, you know, at the moment. And all those tactical issues Kerry have, Mayo are just going to go out and play their own. They're, they're not necessarily worrying. All the, all the analysis here is how, what do Kerry do against Mayo? Mayo really kind of know how to maybe... Uh, match up against Kerry and have the backs like you say so I think Mayor may be potentially in a good position I go for a draw I go for a draw we'll come back with Paddy Power predictions and look at the other games Conan Doherty was a fantastic analyst and I mean I really heed what he would say in your programme I think Tyrone are going to win I'm going to go with them I as much as I, I predicted Dublin to win the All-Ireland at the start of the year, I just think Tyrone are going too well. They're unaffected by the other team. Too well set up. I think they've been preparing for Dublin for two years. They're ready for them. I'm, I'm going to go with them. Yeah. OK, so Paddy Power predictions. We're going to start with Dublin and Cork. So Alan Brogan was writing I think it was in the Evening Herald and he says we all want to see teams having a go and show a bit of ambition and creativity and I wouldn't worry about Cork's ability to generate scoring chances on Saturday evening the problem for them is against Dublin it comes at an extremely expensive cost at the back for me at this stage that's scaremongering I want to see a team try it right because here's the thing and I keep talking about this in the analysis against Dublin what's the high risk pass is it a hand pass or a kick pass it's a kick pass, as we all know. Why not give Dublin that kick pass because it's higher risk and you have a better chance of turning that kick pass over inside. So all the analysis years ago was we have to protect the full back line. We have to intercept these kick passes. And it took years for teams to realise, shit, we better stop kicking 
because there's a sweeper in there and he's actually intercepting all our passes. So then teams realised what the story is and they went back to hand passing a lot and avoiding the sweeper to the point where Mark McHugh said to me, uh, my form completely dropped because teams stopped kicking the ball to me, right? Which is fair enough. So now the teams are completely anti-kicking. Now Dublin are a kicking team. They want to get it inside, right? So why not give them the high risk option instead of taking away the high risk option by playing men back and letting them go through the low risk option so they're going to get through you without you turning it over. See, this makes perfect sense and Dublin will take a while to adapt. Mead showed us without a full-time sweeper, one-on-one defending, pressure out the field, that a defender can get a fist pass in. Suddenly you're getting the breaking ball, your centre-back's running back, getting the breaking ball for that, you're on the attack. Think how hard it is to get the ball off when they're in the possession mode. Like, it makes no, it makes no sense. Don't play a... Fu- My new analysis of Dublin, do not play a full-time sweeper against them. Kind of goad them into giving that kick pass. And by the time it, it, it Mannion collects it, he'll collect it, he'll be out from goals, then have somebody come back maybe from the half-back line and try and double up on him. But offer them the kick pass, they'll take it, that's what they want. Then, after 20 minutes, maybe drop back a full-time sweeper. You know what I mean? When Dublin have gotten into the kick, now we're a kick passing, throw a spanner in the works. Put someone back then to intercept them. Don't, because you often see Dublin even at me at half-time. It took them till half-time to come out in the second half and play it a bit more through the hands and come back to the running game. Do you get me? Like, I mean, mm. why make it so easy on Dublin by doing things that you're potentially expecting or giving them half-time? Why not mix it up with them? Scaring me a little bit with no, no sweeper talk, but I think what Keen was alluding to the Monday afterwards is that Mead has some of the stickiest like backs in Ireland as well. So it's only it's only a high risk pass if the defenders are that tight. Yeah, but so mark them from the front. Like I mean, definitely have have them coach that you're marking from the front. Dublin's half forward line likes to likes to drop back. Uh, Scully Howard whoever's there. So now all of a sudden Dublin have that same issue that Kerry have. The huge disconnect that every, every forward hates and your full back line's marker from the front. And you're not a man down out the field. You're not giving them Keen O'Sullivan who's going to feck you over on the other end, who's <laughs> going to mess you up. Because we know this. Here's, the, here's a scoreline uh, I was thinking. Mead scored 170 or Dublin scored 117 against Mead. Would you think an outrageous uh, scoreline at the end of the game on Saturday night will be Dublin 117 Cork 312 who wins the game you have to think of getting goals the other end or 4-9 4-9 to 117 if, if Cork are thinking let's try and do what Mead did let's not play a full time sweeper let's get them in get a fist in let's be tenacious let's mark from the front and let's put loads of pressure out the field and let's try and keep them to 117 how do we beat 117 4-9 how do you get 4-9 you can't give them a sweeper or you won't get to 4-9. Hurley, can, Hurley and Collins can cause problems. The problem is, is the conservative nature and Alan Brogan is saying, don't do this, lads. <laughs> you know you're going to get screwed. Well, you're going to lose by giving Dublin a sweeper because they've the best sweeper in the business, right? And if the best defensive, them and Mayo have the best one-on-one or best defenders as a group, for example. But you can definitely get at them if you play two on two and Dublin will play two on two. They did it against Leash until they start seeing maybe a goal or two go in. Then Brian Howard might drop back or someone will drop back. Then you have them in defensive mode, not you. Yeah, you're definitely. I, I would I would agree to to a point. I think you're definitely going to have to to push up at them and and and, and try play your own game because you know you can 
you can keep the, try to keep the score down and all that, but eventually they just wear you down and wear you down. And the one thing they don't do and they never do is panic. You never see that in the dumb. They'll work it and work it and work it into a scoring area. You'll never see them shooting from ridiculous angles. Um, they'll always work work it into an area where they're going to get the you know a high percentage of of landing the landing the score. Um, and and for me, the teams that have the last Mead were the last team to beat them in Leinster. Put five goals by them. That's what. That's two thousand and ten. So, you know, it is going to take. It is going to take something different. Some some bit of a creative plan. Something different, um, to cause them problems. Very much easier said than done with Dublin. They just seem to be able to deal whatever whatever game yeah. plan people. But come. I'd love to see it. Absolutely, you know, I'd love to see and not, not given Dublin the full time. The problem is they play Sean Sean White as centre forward and he plays back in midfield. Immediately, I'm looking that going. Mm. Oh shit, he's not going to be followed. Hurley's not yeah, going to yeah. get Hurley's not going to get goals. Do you know what I mean? Straight away, you have to think. Don't give Dublin the sweeper. Let's try out their defenders, even if it's only for the first fifteen minutes, and say, "White, I want you holding the forty. I want all of you holding the forty, unless you have to follow Jack McCaffrey. But you're resetting onto that forty. Dublin won't play a sweeper then. They, in general, they won't. Now they have flirted with Scully and Howard going back there. We saw that. Yeah. Um, who was that against? Against Kildare. So maybe Dublin are but preparing lo- for this potentially happening. Yeah, but and and they do play a sort of an out and out. But loads of times in the Kildare match, and I I was watching really uh, strong for loads and loads of times. Even though they had Kildare uh, well beaten in the end, they got their appetite for work. They got so many lads behind the ball. There was lots of times where there's only one lad inside their own half. They get Dublin. Dublin though. Yeah, they, but if when you do, watch them, when you watch uh, them though, their goal side of their man, they're facing their man, they're actually avoiding having having their man have the jump on them, right? So you watch them. They're not dropping back without having an eye on where their man is. Because uh, a lot of the time you're just standing idle beside your man. He takes off and you're chasing desperately to catch up with him. Dublin won't Dublin have gone conservative enough that they'll stand maybe five yards goal side of where their man is. But, but, so my my answer with Cork half back line is don't want to see you attacking. I don't want to see you attacking. Stay stay where you are. All you're doing is going to do is let Dublin drift on 10 yards ahead of you and now all of a sudden Dublin will have too many men back. Yeah, but you also have to realise with, with Dublin, and this is what I think makes Dublin exceptional, is, is those players, we talked about it earlier, is those players have the smart to say, you know, what am I doing back here? Am I effective? Where's my man? You know, and, and the, the Howards uh, and um, of this world getting back there, Yes, but they're effective. They're clogging the, the defense, and they have the pay, they have the pace to, to to carry it forward. And their football smarts are very strong. They don't give away the ball simply. You yeah. very seldom see them kicking away the ball, you know. And there, I'm sure there's times even the Dublin supporters would love to see them, you know, when they turn over a ball, put it forty yards. But they don't do that. They, yeah. they look to keep the ball at all times, and that's what makes them really, really strong. They're very, they're very, very defensive. That half back line comes back or the half forward yeah no right Howard back. and Scully do drop do, back anyways even, yeah, even, no, even I'm talking about the other four the even other four wouldn't as much n- not as it. much but when you, when you watch it the next day they, they do get an awful lot of men behind the ball but their, their fitness and I suppose they're, it's drilled into them at this stage and the big thing for them they don't vary from that they know it's successful you know it was half time in the mead game mead were still you know reasonably well in the game and they think and all of a sudden then Dublin just kick on playing their playing their game plan. They don't deviate from it, and that's what really makes them an exceptional team. But I think Cork are going to have to do something different. And the the, the problem from Cork is now 
you know, are they going to be able to change their game plan now in such a short space of time to try, you know, do they have the footballers with that that football and brain that are able to, that are able, lots of really good footballers, yeah. but are able to, to change the game plan in, in such a short space of time. Um, and, and the pressure on the management to do that, because if, if it does and it doesn't work and you're you're beating out the gate and so oh, what were they doing? You know, so yeah. there's, there's pressure on it the yeah, whole time. But I you have to have, you have to have to have, you know, um, the management are going to have to have show a little bit of balls here and and decide right. This is what we're going to do. We could we could live, live or die by it, um, and and do push it because I, the Mark Collins and and the Hurleys of this world, you know, they're capable of getting goals. So they scored ten goals in three games. Now this is against more inferior opposition. Although Kerry are definitely not inferior opposition. Against Leash, uh, Collins scored one four from play, set up one two for Hurley. Hurley scored two four, set up one two for Collins. So, like, I mean, this is clearly where they're strongest. So the question is, how do we get lads in there? How do we avoid them being covered? The problem with it is, is that Kevin O'Driscoll and Sean White, Kevin O'Driscoll is another working half forward. Immediately I see working half forwards, I think, how out of date are them? Do you know what the new wing, do you know what the new half forwards are? They are Jamie Brennan. They are Stephen O'Brien. They're fellas who have a savage appetite for work, which a half forward, half forward has to do, but are also going, I can't let him off. That's the new prototype wing forward. For the last seven or eight years, the prototype wing forward was a wing back, right? Who were going to work all over the field. That day is gone now because all the, all the fellow who's marking him doing saying, go on, sure, I'll let him on. What's he going to do? Now it's Stephen O'Brien. Now it's Jamie Brennan. And teams are going to have to realise that without having those half forwards that are savage, going to savage work in that middle third, but their man can't feckin' say... I'm, you know the Darren O'Sullivan for example you know a, a four, half forward that goes Jesus if he drops into midfield I can't let him get the, the, the run on me because if he starts running at me and I'm in a standing position mm. the man's going past me Stephen O'Brien Jamie Brennan they have to be marked yeah. so if you have a half back line worried about a half forward line a Sean O'Shea right so he loves work but also has to be marked, right? So he's going to drag whoever he's marking out of out of that position. You know, out of that position. I think they're the new half forwards. So and then and the other the other side of those type of half forwards, if they decide to hold the forty, your man's not going to go off all that much. They'll have that respect. I've often marked fellas, and you know they're attacking half back, and they don't attack on you. They have a bit of respect for here. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. going to watch him. They're, the new half forwards I'm making this call are going to be. Full forward, converted full forward rather than converted yeah, halfbacks. Yeah, working full forwards. Yeah. yeah, but but the thing the thing for me was and, and going back to me my own playing days, and I played a, a lot of football in the half forward. And I judged myself at the end of the match. What did I score? That was still in my mindset. Oh, did I score here? Yeah. You know, it wasn't a case of oh, I broke up so much player. I, I, you know, I linked the 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 defense with the attack, or I I fed the. Fo- yes, they were all parts of of your game, and. You know, maybe to a, to a, in latter years it was a case of, or in latter times it was a case of, you know, them half backs or half forwards. You know, we're not worried about your scoring. You don't have to score, and you just you just yeah. get on ball. I walk. think that's old fashioned now. Yeah, I really maybe, do. I maybe, think that, maybe so. That day is gone. Maybe so. I think yeah. players can do both now. Yeah. I think that the, the players well, see, are getting uh, so good now that you don't have to just that a scoring forward doesn't have to be a non-working for you know what I mean that they all have to have they all have to be like Kieran Kilkenny yeah. you know look at but, the Dublin half forward line they all want work and they all class but like. you see the, the thing about it is in, in the modern game now and I, I wouldn't like to be playing the full forward line because there's no space so you, you've got to have your half your half forward line have to come have to come at pace and they have to be kickers able to kick from distance yeah. you know because 
that's one of the ways you're going to try I don't like using the, the blanket defence word but when you have a lot of bodies there some teams are happy to let you you know come to a certain point and then press you but if you if you're a good kicker from from the forty five and a, which a lot of these players are, Donegal are very good at you know kicking from distance. They'll get Murphy out there. He'll he'll land one from fifty fifty meters, no problem. So I think that's some of the some of the the way you're going to try break down because the. the the, the days of trying to tread a little ball inside the football it's very very difficult very you know? difficult you probably would get more chance of doing it against Dublin but listen lads we've gone way over time there so we're going to have to get a prediction on this Dublin are 1 to 33 Cork are 12 to 1 handicap here is 10 very very it's like throwing money away back in Dublin against the handicap yeah. so like I mean you're trying to make a big strong case here for Cork the fact of the matter is you'd probably be looking at Dublin minus 10 here, would you? Yeah. Wouldn't it be good? Like, in a way, we're always talking about um, Cork take a forward back with seven on six in defence and then Dublin have six on five. Wouldn't it be good if, like, Rory Dean and Brian Hurley and Mark Collins were causing that much bother that Dublin thought, Jesus, we need to get Brian Howard back here and then they reacted first. They have done that before. They've brought Howard back to help out. Like, I mean, against Leash, when they saw the good diagonal ball going in, Howard had to go back because Howard was a matchup for Donny Kingston. Do you know, maybe it was Howard that day. Maybe, Howard was wing could have been starting wing back that day but you, like I mean Dublin are never put on the back foot no and like no. the three games they lost in the league I know it's the league but they were asked questions like you know when Kerry who almost lost it down in Tralee went at them again when that, they had to but do but that has to be the change yeah, of attitude is how can we beat Dublin not like how can we contain Dublin containing yeah, Dublin no, we, you'll be going to lose you're going to lose, yeah. Yeah. lose. So yeah. why not lose by trying to beat them yeah, yeah. instead of lose by trying to contain yeah, them throw a punch and see what happens exactly yeah. come out swinging yeah. and you could get knocked out but you've come out and tried to win. Yeah, you have to try to win because other than that, like go, go, going down the road and say, oh, look, we kept Dublin to five points. Not, it's not good to nobody. You know, you have to go not out and try to win. Not at Super 8 time. No, like no. you could make that argument in Leinster with some of the counties and say, look, be, contain them. Don't be embarrassed. Build on the result because you know, you've no real chance of beating yeah. them. But Super 8 teams have, yeah, to, have to believe that the they're going yeah. to win that Absolutely, game. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what are you going, lads? Get a quick prediction uh, on this. Dublin minus 10. I, I can't see Cork <laughs> getting the ball from like, you know, from kick outside the end. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same we'll agree with that one I'll go double minus 10 alright Roscommon and Tyrone lads we'll be quick with these two and we'll spend a bit more time on the other, on these teams um, the next time so Tyrone are 3 to 10 favourites Roscommon are 7 to 2 handicap here is minus 4 um, obviously Roscommon are with their system this year in a much better position to take Tyrone on at home than potentially they were last year like I mean they've got big strong physical uh, more of a physical team this year more of a physical defence they have more of a defensive system where they defend with everybody maybe bar three Cottle Craig's no problem going back helping out as well then you're bar the Cox and Murta so I can see them taking on Tyrone um, you know I can see them taking them on in the physical stakes I don't think it'll be anywhere near the hammering um, last year I, every time I see Ross Common playing Tyrone I say put Enda Smith on Colm Kavanagh and when Colm Kavanagh drops back into that sweeper Smith's just marking him and now suddenly Colm Kavanagh has to mark a forward who has no problem playing in the forward line I, I can't believe I say this I've said this so much not so much this year because no team wants to do it why can't we see that happening Johnny somebody it's the most obvious tactic in the book you know it's coming and yet you never see a team saying, right, let's put, um, let's put Caloran 
on Cassidy, say a wing forward. Let's start in the Smith midfield and let's say you mark Colin Cavanagh. When he's in midfield, you're contesting with him because you're perfectly able to play midfield. You've cleaned Galloway out in a Connacht final in midfield. And when he drops into the sweeper role, I want you following mm. straight up to there and I want you making runs left and right yeah. and dragging and him out. Him, forcing him to mark forcing you. Forcing him to mark you, yeah. which he won't. Because, okay, who do you think is going to win in a battle between Enda Smith and Colin Cavanagh on the top of the D? Yeah. He'd clean Cavanagh out of it. And that's no disrespect to Cavanagh, who's an excellent extra defender. Mm. But is he going to be able to man Mark Enda Smith? I don't think so. Yeah, as a cornerback? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. As yeah. a fullback, a, an orthodox fullback. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me um, because even when, when, you know, earlier in, in the summer when Tyrone didn't seem to play Kavanagh in as much of a sweeper role, yeah. it, it didn't suit him. He, he, he struggled. He struggled big time. Um, you know, and I was very impressed with Tyrone against, against Kildare. I saw the first hand I thought they were they just made Kildare look uh, very mediocre. They looked powerful. Um, they ran at Kildare at, at, at pace. They, they overturned them. Um, you know, very much business-like performance from them. Um, and I think they're <coughs> they're improving the whole time. Um, I, I, you know, McShane inside has given them a different, you know, he's given them an option. Um, Darren McCurry seems to have come on a grain of form. A bit of form, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's lots of pluses there. Um, and and again, you're looking to see, okay, we want to play our game, but how can we disrupt? How can we disrupt their their game plan? And and for me, you know, it doesn't take a, a rocket science to say, well, look, let's let's put a bit of pressure on the sweeper. That's the one thing I would do. Um, obviously, Ross Commons' kicking game isn't going to be ideal with uh, Merton Cox left inside. Um, they're going to have to work the ball up patiently and then I don't think that that link man Craig will work brilliantly against Tyrone because Tyrone will leave two probably on the link man they'll be smart enough tactically to go if they want to play through Craig we have to take that off them um, I can see Tyrone just suffocating Roscommon again lads I'm going Tyrone minus four here although Roscommon will definitely be in this game an awful lot longer than they were the one in Crow Park Yeah I, I think so too I think Tyrone I just there's a bit of a layoff from Roscommon probably won't help them you know Tyrone have the momentum now this is their third week and this is their third or fourth week in a row fourth week so and and you know that momentum is with them and that can that can be a big plus you know because you're, you're sitting back and Roscommon are sitting there alright they've, they've won a Connacht title which is you know it's brilliant and training can be going great but you're there's a little bit of uncertainty there you know we, we're, we're out of the, the, the battle of championship football for the last couple of weeks now you know, are, are we primed for the right time? So I think with the momentum, I'll just give the, the nod to Tyrone for that one. Right. Okay, Conan, what do you think? Tyrone, yeah, minus four. All right. Okay, so Donegal are one to eight against Mead. Mead are six to one. Handicap here is minus eight. I'm not sure what way to look at this. Like on one side, you could say you could get messy for Mead up in Bally Buffet, but they went up there in the league, played very well. Now, I know I'm not comparing league and championship at all but they played them in a league final in Croke Park, which is getting towards championship pace and they only lost by two points. So, like, I mean, certain teams don't fear each other, you know, and it's maybe Mead just don't worry too much about Donegal. Now, obviously, Mead struggled over awfully, beat Carlo and Leash and just barely beat Clare. So this is a huge, huge step up for them. The only top-level team they've played is Dublin and they were hammered against Dublin. They scored four points. They kicked 12 wides against Dublin. Against Clare it was until the 46th minute before they kicked the wide so at least they they improved on that and they have some good players like I can see nothing only a Donegal win here I'm not going to make a case in any way for 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 me to win I just think Mead might potentially beat the minus 8 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit the same as you. I think Donegal and and for the the argument I had for Tyrone with the momentum against <laughs> against Roscommon, it makes it seem I'm I'm of a, a different argument for here. But I just think the quality that uh, particularly in the forward, like when you have Michael Murphy, uh, you know you have Jamie Brennan. Um, Matt Brearty, Matt Brearty yeah. Niall O'Donnell these guys are they're, they're top class um, and, and I just think they don't me don't have the forwards to match the the um, um, the Donegal forwards yeah. I, I, and particularly at, at home in Ballyboy but uh, it will be close it'll be close enough but I, I just think Donegal will have way too much for the, the, the whole analysis with this years ago would be and me did it against Tyrone in Navan two years ago is mirror them Right, and the whole idea with Kerry beating Donegal in the All Ireland final was mirror them. You mirror them, and you turn the game into a real stalemate. But that was back when teams used to leave two sweepers back full time. Yeah, the game has changed so much now that you're mirroring them, but Donegal are attacking with thirteen players, so it's still one on one when Donegal attack, and they're so slick through the hands that they'll still get through you even if you have 13 players back because this is the change now that teams aren't being as conservative as they used to. I remember watching Ulster finals with Tyrone and Donegal and Tyrone could be on the attack. They'd have a double sweeper in front of Murphy and McFadden and then they'd have two more on the half, half back line. So they're down four after attack. So no wonder they couldn't get a, a score on the other end. Donegal have four extra defenders. Now if you see these teams attacking they have no full-time sweeper. When they lose it Colin Cavanaugh sprint back into his covering position but they're attacking with everyone. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like you say to me now, the old analysis, go up there, mirror them with the defensive system. Sure, Donegal are the slickest team through hand. It'll basically be like a hand-passing game in your half with everyone on both teams in yeah. there and they'll still get through yeah. you. And you know? teams are so much more aggressive now as well at attacking the kickouts, so you don't get that handy sort of out ball anymore when you were mirroring. Like Donegal going up and trying to win it back. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you didn't have the key, yeah the easy conceded yeah. kickout. So you can go through three or four plays without even having the ball, and it's a whole Donegal coming at you. So um, yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to go with the Ulster team again here as well. I think that, I, I wonder how yeah, much. Yeah, do it. But I think we'll all agree on Donegal. It's the, the question I have is, will Donegal beat them by more than? Yeah. Eight? So I was wondering how much will the score difference come into play in this group, or will even think about that because Donegal. Mayo and Kerry all at the same level Yeah. if you're beating Meave now and you're Declan Bonner by 5 points at the weekend do you, do you just go for it or do you just drop an extra defender back and get the 2 points Yeah. it could all end up on, on the same amount yeah. of points you'd actually anyway. prefer to play Mead in the last game rather than the first because <laughs> yeah. Mead will be mad up for this and by the third game they could be demoralised and you know like yeah, maybe I, I Ross Common last year I don't see them beating them by more than 8 I, I think I think they will beat them but I think I, don't, I think Mead are, are improving a bit Um, I, I, I think they're they're solid in defence like they're, they're good tacklers of the ball um, in, in defensively, and and um, you know they're able to they're able to transition well. I I think I think Donegal, but I don't think they'll beat the they'll beat the handicap. Yeah. Okay. Great lads. Great stuff, lads. We've gone uh, way over the hour today, so we'll all go Donegal. And me and Johnny think they won't beat the eight, and the Ulster bias coming through that the, <laughs> the Ulster champions have to hammer these Leinster minnows. All right. Up next, we'll talk to Damien from Paddy Power. Damien, how's it going? Not too bad, Colin. How are you? Good, all good. So we'll start off with my accumulator, um, Damien, and it's three football, one hurling. I've combined the two of them this weekend. Yeah, I suppose we don't have much in the hurling in this weekend. So you have Dublin minus 10 v Cork, Ros- or Tyrone minus 4 v Roscommon, Donegal just win v Mead, and Cork to beat Kilkenny in the hurling. So 
That's 11 to 2 it works out and we're going to enhance that up to 7 to 1. 7 to 1. Not bad. 7 to 1 is a good price on those four because I've yeah. taken a less risky option um, this weekend. Any specials you want to let us know here before we have a look at the games? Yeah, I suppose just for the two the two Saturday games we've got we've gone the two top goal scorers there. Maybe Conor Callahan and Colin McShane both score a goal from sevens out to eights and then we're doing the same on the Sunday with Jamie Brennan and Killian O'Connor. 8 to 1 out to 9 to 1. Um, just on the Super 8 games if you want to kind of an interest across all the games any game to be a draw is 5-2 to two. Uh, every team to score a goal in the Super 8s um, a lot of matches have been very high scoring recently so these kind of markets have been coming in a bit uh, every team in the Super 8s to score a goal this weekend is 9-1 to one. and just another one if you kind of want to back Dublin but you're seeing all the prices are very short Dublin to be the highest scoring team across all games this weekend, across all the four games, is even. So that might be a bit of a price for some. Right, OK. That's a good bet, actually, isn't it? I suppose, yeah. although Tyrone, yeah, and Donegal, well, yeah, yeah, it's a good weekend for you to you throw would, that I one out there. Dublin are in Crow Park, which would probably help a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, so we'll start with Dublin Cork then. So Dublin are 1-33, to which is in a price you just can't go near. Um, the draw or Cork are 12 to 1 and the handicap here is 10. So the big question here, which we all agreed, myself, Johnny and Conan, that Dublin would beat the 10 yeah well I, I'm going to maybe go the other way I think I think Cork might give them a game I think they're an unusual team Cork I, I think they do offer a threat going forward that a lot of teams at their sort of level don't I think the likes of Brian Hurley Mark Collins and Rory Dean they just offer a threat to get goals which probably some of the other teams do so I think it's likely to be a very open game 42 and a half is our total points which is a very high mark for a football match but you wouldn't be surprised if it was bet um, I think just on the Cork getting goals, I think Cork over one and a half goals, nine to four might be worth a yeah. bit of a bet. Yeah. I just think they are a team that the way they run at you, they always will create goal chances. And the man that's been putting them away so far this year, five goals in the championship is Brian Hurley. So him to score a goal at any time is 13 to five and that might be worth a bet as well. Yeah, OK, not bad. Kerry and Mayo. We all agree that we think you have Mayo way overpriced on this one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose... Yeah, if you're looking at the league final, I suppose you would think Mayo are overpriced. And even the league game before that, Mayo were well on top in midfield. Um, the one thing I would say, I suppose, is that Carrier at home here. And I think I think that does give him a bit of an advantage. The other thing, maybe from the league final, is Car- Mayo's two best players in the league final were probably Matthew Ryan and Dermot O'Connor. And neither of them look like they're going to play on Sunday. Um Kerry's form hasn't looked great so far, but you have to say their form has been boosted a bit by uh, Clare and Cork um, have shown well. So maybe Kerry aren't as bad. Uh, one bet I like here is under 37 and a half points. I think it's just it's a massive game for both sides. And I think with so much at stake, it could be a bit tighter than people are maybe expecting. And the other, another bet, uh, he's one player I always like to back for first goal because I think he always is overpriced. He's just maybe not as big a name as some of the other players in the Kerry team but Stephen O'Brien's 11-1 to for first goal and yeah. I think if you back him every week for first goal you're not going to lose money he gets goals a lot of the time and maybe he's not as big a name as some of the other carry forwards but he's, his record is really good at getting goals Yeah so that's a bit more based on not how many goals he gets is who he's up against is it I suppose yeah. the way you're pricing that up Yeah like when you're pricing the carry goal scorers you have to have like Clifford Geeney Gini very short like so it kind of other players can get a bit bigger than maybe they should be then yeah yeah so he is overpriced for that okay great stuff so Tyrone um, Roscommon Tyrone are 3 to 10 unbackable as well probably at that and Roscommon at home are 7 to 2 handicap here at minus 4 yeah I suppose it's a kind of an unusual game because if you take Tyrone's form for the last couple of weeks it's been very very impressive on paper and just to watch but I thought personally Cameron last week were very poor. I didn't think put in much of an effort at all. And I think Ross Common at home 
coming in with a with 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 good form and Connacht, which you have to respect. I think they might they'll give them a better game anyway. Seventy two for Roscommon might be worth a bit. It's kind of an unusual game where I wouldn't be surprised if Roscommon won, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Tyrone beat the handicap. So it's kind of a it's kind of a just an unusual game. One bet that has caught my eye is um, no Tyrone goal is two to one. I think I think Roscommon do defend very well, and like even in the Mayo Galway games, they gave away no goals, and I don't think they gave away any real goal chances either. So I think they do protect the goal very well. So no Tyrone goal at two to one is possibly a bet. Yeah, definitely is. Anything else on that one before we move on? Uh, not really. I suppose Carl McShane will always be popular first goal scorer eleven to two. He's been one of the players of the championship so far. So. Yeah, I I personally think Roscommon can keep out Tyrone goals. I think Tyrone might if they win it, they might put up like twenty points and win. But yeah, if they are going to score a goal, there's a good chance it'll be McShane. Yeah, um, Donegal Mead then Donegal are one to eight. Mead are thirteen to two. We all thought Mead would beat the or myself and Johnny Doyle thought Mead would beat the minus eight, which uh, long enough. Yeah, I I suppose the thing here is they played each other twice in the league, so they know each other pretty well. I suppose if you want to see the difference between league and championship, Donegal were going off four to nine against against me in the league final, and now a uh, couple of months later they're one to eight with a with an eight point handicap. Right. So um, yeah, I. What th- was the handicap in the league final? It Can was you like three. I three. Think. Oh, it was three. You're right. Yeah. 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 So that's a bit, that's a big difference, and. Um, I suppose the thing with Mead is it's hard to know how they'll play because they were very open last week against Clare whereas against Dublin they set up very defensively as we know so a lot kind of depends on that. I Yeah, if I was going one way I'd probably look at Mead to keep within the seven. I think they probably can do that. I think kind of the fact they know Donegal and have played against them a couple of times is probably an advantage. Okay, is it into seven now? It was eight yesterday. I, I, think, I, think, I, I think it's, it's into seven. seven so Mead yeah. fans are back in that. Yeah, there's a bit of, bit of money around for Mead. So, um... Yeah, the one the one bet, other player bet I would probably concentrate on is probably who I would have as player of the year so far is Jamie Brennan. He's eleven to two for first goal and seven to one for man the match. I think he's been brilliant in every game so far, and like he is a really really goal threat. So I think eleven to two first goal, seven to one for man the match. I think they could both be decent bets. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant stuff, Damien. Thanks very much. All right, right, we'll be back on Monday. I think Keen Ward is back. So we'll be back and we'll review all the Super 8 games. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour Football Acca. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have have spoken with each other and. uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Ando. And I'm Fer. And we host Niñas Bien Podcast. We want to invite you to listen to our show. Niñas Bien means good girls in Spanish. But you have to know that this is not a podcast for good girls. Or for girls at all. 
It is a comedy podcast, so everyone is welcome to listen. We talk about sex, relationships, technology. We recommend movies and TV shows and discuss pop culture in general. And there is Chisme Ajeno too. A section we have just to gossip about everyone. So you'll find something you like here. And you'll practice your Spanish. The cleanest Spanish you'll find, we promise. And if you already hablas español, vamos a ser tus nuevas amigas. We'll be your friends for the non-Spanish speakers. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Hosted by Acast and available to all audio platforms. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com